When people talk about world-changing events, they often focus on the moments just before everything changed. The stillness in the air, the thoughts in their heads, the song that was playing on the radio, the general mundanity of everyday life that was about to be upturned. So it is with a monumental album like David Bowie's breakout hit The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. In the presence of such a monumental collection of music, many critics can only focus on what came before it and how it shaped such a masterpiece. When looking at the opening track from David Bowie's fifth studio album, the range of influences are plentiful. Starting generally, the song is delivered in a sort of talk-singing style reminiscent of Lou Reed, frontman for one of Bowie's favorite bands, The Velvet Underground. Throughout the album, Bowie's also said to have been inspired by Iggy Pop and Mark Bolin. More specifically, for the opening track, John Lennon's mother, from his 1970 solo album John Lennon slash Plastic Ono Band, is said to be remarkably similar. It's not surprising to see a musician draw inspiration from other musicians, though. If anything, it's expected. And it's not as if Bowie tried hard to hide his musical influences. Perhaps more interesting is the literary influences weave throughout this song. The album opens with a clear sense of impending doom, a sense of doom that Bowie biographer Nicholas Pegg remarks bears great resemblance to William Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, as well as H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds and John Wyndham's The Day of the Triffids. This theme is also present in Bob Dylan's 1963 classic, A Hard Rain's a Gonna Fall, noted individually by Bowie biographers Mark Spitz and Peter Doggett. As noted by music journalist Simon Goddard, the final mainstream influence is Jack Kerouac's On the Road, with a line that is almost identical to one penned in Bowie's opening Doom track, quote, would have killed him if they hadn't drugged me off him, end quote. A more obscure influence is the poem At Lunchtime, A Story of Love by Roger McGough, a short poem about an orgy on a bus when the world is ending. But where did all this sense of dread and imminent ends come from? A dream. In an interview, Bowie explains that the title for the song and the general theme came from a dream he had in which his deceased father warned him to avoid traveling on airplanes and that Bowie would die within a certain span of years, those years becoming the title for today's track. Enough about the influences on this song. What about the influence of the song itself? It's massive, huge. Breathe in the air and you won't even notice it because it's all around you, man. While the song wasn't released as a single, it is regarded as one of the best Bowie songs of all time. Mojo Magazine called it his 26th best song of all time. Rolling Stone listed it as one of 30 essential Bowie tracks. And Ultimate Classic Rock placed it at number 9 in their top 10 Bowie track list. Not bad for a song that opens with a drum track that drummer Mick Woody Woodmansey described as, quote, sort of despair and apathy. That's right. We're talking five years by David Bowie on the five-year anniversary of Cover Me. Your face, your age, the way that you talk. I kiss you, you're beautiful. I want you to walk. We got five years stuck on my That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that has been comparing famous songs to their many cover versions for the past five years in order to find out which one hits some tiny children. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my tall, short co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Up, down, Alex up, Mildenberger. Down, up, down. up, down, up, down. What's now going on? I'm tall. On, now man? I'm short. Now I'm tall. Now, now I'm you're short. short. Um, Maybe you're just like tall for a short guy. I'm just, I'm a little, I'm just, I'm tall, but I'm on the short side of, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, for, for a short person, I'm, I'm quite tall. Mm-hmm. You're like, um, uh, you're kind of like, like Danny DeVito's just above the cutoff for dwarf, dwarfism or yeah. little people. So you're kind of like that, but for, for short people, if you're a little taller, you'd be a tall guy, but just missed it. Yeah. Just missed it. Um, um so what's the weather like down what's there? The Alex? Like? What is the weather like? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's late summer, you know? The leaves are starting oh, yeah. to turn. 
we're seeing you know yeah. that's that's what's happening that's what that's what was happening when we started recording well that's not true because we started recording ahead of time but you know when we started yeah. putting these episodes out yeah it was the, the leaves were turning um and we were we were discussing i think daft punk when we, we first got into steady recording schedule it would have been yeah yeah daft punk wow leaves returning it was getting downright autumnal which uh we're not going to talk about too long because that stretches out an episode like you wouldn't believe somehow. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> now is not the um, time. Now is not the time. Alex, it's been five years. That's a crazy length of time. What are you, any thoughts, feelings, opinions? Thoughts? I, I mean, five, I don't know if I expected. I what a surprise. Get, I don't know huh? what my ex- expectations were, right? Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> um, but, but we made it. We're here. Yeah, we made did, it. We're here. We've did, almost made a dollar out of ads. We've almost made a full dollar this year. This year alone, this year baby. alone. Um, what did you? Th- where did you think we'd be five in five years? Five years ago, I the the optimist in me. I figured like two years in, we'd be making money on this shit. I was like, okay. bro, this concept is untouched. Not true. Unbeatable. <laughs> also not true. And we're fucking cool as hell. Also not true. <laughs> But I, we've also, like, the negative part of me is like, well, we probably would have quit after a few months. Like, I'm surprised we did it when I was in school. I'm surprised we did it through the pandemic, through me moving. Um, you know, I've recorded this in a Boston pizza in a random park. Uh, yeah. We have done so much work to put this thing out regardless of how well-reviewed or liked it is. And I can't say that about most other things in my life. <laughs> that's That's saying something, yeah. That is saying something. So I'm, you know, I'm proud of what we've done here. I think we have gotten better at it. Um, that said, I think we also we have sort of a curse for our anniversary here, where we pick a song where the covers just aren't that. Last year we did cover me, and it's like, well, the covers here are just not that spectacular. I think we're going to run into the same problem today. Might uh, I, I don't know. It's listen. There's something untouchable about this Bowie song that that nobody that, like. No matter what you do, unless you really adhere closely to the original you're not going to get that same level of because this, this song is incredible I yeah guess. it is and but a big part of it as well i think is the context which is we, we talked about moon age daydream i think mm-hmm. said something similar about it um but it's hilarious to think of the fact that it was not written or recorded that way necessarily like it was its own thing and then sort of the the concept came later uh, yeah, in terms so of it Ziggy comes Stardust. late in the recording progress, apparently because they had a, they had a cover of like a fuck a uh, who does Johnny be good? Uh, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. They had a Chuck Berry cover of Around and Around, which they shortened to Round and Round. And then they had like the whole album like kind of set up, and the the, the production team was like, or the, the fucking A and R man or whatever was like, I don't hear a single. Where's the single on this? He's like, <laughs> all right, fuck. We'll write Starman swap out around and around and then like re-record and rename some other pieces and then suddenly it becomes quote unquote a concept album it's more some i think it's nicholas pegg describes it as like snapshots that were pieced together to make a loose storyline which feels more accurate to me yeah definitely because like as much as there's sort of a story particularly in the song ziggy stardust Mm-hmm. The rest of it's super loose, and some of the songs y- you could probably argue are just straight up not like don't link in, but they're just slotted in between other songs. Yeah, so the one song on this album that is a cover, uh, the name of which is escaping me. Is it? Moment, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. 
That's right. That was a leftover from the Hunky Dory recording sessions. Right. So that one kind of just got grandfathered into this. And then they start to stitch things on top of this. Uh, it's And it is crazy because, yeah, like sometimes it sounds like it's disjointed, but there's also so much like connective tissue between these songs that it's it's both wild to think of it as a concept album and as being disconnected. It is not. There is, yeah. And like also the suggestion that it is a concept album sort of makes you look for connections as well. So like, Oh, is this person, this person, like, did they mention this person in this song? And that's what, like where that's coming from. And it's like, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And then adding on to that is like, we've already talked about all the young dudes. Yeah. Even David Bowie's like, well, that's part of like the Ziggy verse as they would call it today. If it was released, like he's like, that's the news is part of, this apocalyptic England that, that Bowie creates here where it's like, there is no news coming out. Cause like that everybody's basically quit their jobs. I assume like no, the newspapers stop running. Right. And but so, it's, it's the feeling, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember, I think learning about this mostly in that Mark Spitz, um, biography. Um, yeah. Just about like the, the idea of like observing this like sort of decay and this failure of like idealism in the 60s moving into the yes. 70s and, and just that it captured this feeling was a very yeah. important thing um, and it resonated with people. And even if it didn't necessarily tell a narrative all that coherently, it like told the story that or about what people were, were feeling. Absolutely. And you get like even the connective tissue between five years and soul love is like it's there and you go, okay, yeah, I'm kinda like you kind of see how people go from dread to like searching for connection and like yeah. making you know, kind of trying to make the most of the last five years here. Yeah, which is touched on in this as at lunchtime a story of love by Roger McGough. Which is kind of a funny poem. He so this guy's on a bus and he's like, listen world's gonna fucking end by lunchtime and this lady's like well i guess we have to fuck then and so then they fuck everybody else is like what the hell's going on he's like the world's gonna end they're like oh jesus christ so everybody starts boning down and then the world doesn't end and then he's like yeah but if we all pretended it was and they're like fuck yes they just keep fucking on this bus every day and in buses around the world and he's just like we all lived like it was the end of the world even though it wasn't but in a different sense it was it was and it's, yeah, it's like this fucking, like, call for love in a time of great fear. And so you get that kind of in the shift, kind of towards the end of this song, and then you get that into soul love. But it's Set like, up. did he have that in mind? Or like, what, what the fuck, right? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he read it. Is that a poem from the 60s? Yeah, it's, so that's why, very, again, like, when we talk love. about these influences, it's because Bowie, I think, has read them, has talked about them. Yeah. People aren't just going like, I don't know, right. maybe he was He's a Bob like Dylan fan. Uh, yeah, he might have liked Bob Dylan, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I hadn't heard of it myself. But no, me neither until makes, this week. Makes so, perfect uh, sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, it does seem like that. Like it's writing about writing a bunch of stuff about like feelings, and then sort of slotting it together later. And I mean, I already mentioned some don't fit as well. To me, Suffragette City sounds very different from the rest. That, but, yeah, it's like out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, you mentioned um, Martha Hoople already, and, like, that yes. was the story there, is he tried to give them Suffragette City, and they, like, didn't take it. 
And then he gave them all the young dudes instead. So oh, yeah. Like, so maybe he was just like, well, yeah. I'll fucking do Suffragette City. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a good well, song. I have Suffragette City. So it fit on the album. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Alex, I guess the question is here. Where does five years fall on your all-time David Bowie list or just your list of like songs on this album? How do you feel about oh, man. it? Man, it's a bit of a sleeper. Yeah. Like, it's not one I necessarily think of. Cause, but like, as an album opener, it's incredible. You know? Yeah, I think one of the greatest of all time. It's unreal. Yeah. Like I, I, I really like it. I don't know if it would be on my top list just because of that. Like it's it's too subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's why it deserves a place. I, I don't know. I'd, I think, yeah, for me, it's just so foundational. It's like I listened to it this week and I was just like, this I yeah. listened to when I was like 15, 16 and it fucking just set me down a different path, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, the... Like that with that five years starts it and rock and roll suicide ends it is yeah. Yeah, and I can definitely feel the connectivity between those two. They got they got a bit musically in common and they just oh phenomenal tracks. But we gotta talk about these lyrics, Alex. But before we do, there's a little like line here that got passed around in all my research. Okay. And it says, oh, the first two verses of this song are from the perspective of a child, and then the third verse is David Bowie addressing us, the audience. When he's shouting, you, we have five years. Yes. Do you subscribe to that notion? Do you believe that? No. Not no, exactly. Um, I feel like it's more vignette-ish. Like, it doesn't matter if it's one person observing. It's somebody observing a thing. I think it is maybe important that it is just one person. If okay. only for the warehouse line. Um... Brain hurt like a My warehouse. brain hurt like a warehouse. I don't okay. Know we're we're but like the idea that it's a child. I think it's a young person, maybe. Like they say child, yeah. but I think David Bowie would have been more focused on not children, but like maybe teenagers or older teens to like people you know, in their early 20s, like David Bowie. Like, yeah, like the, the age adults. he was, because he was talking about how they felt and speaking yes. to them uh, primarily. So I feel like child is maybe a bit young uh and i mm-hmm. think the song even implies that like anyone who's over a certain age has like already gone insane basically right um i can't remember where i read that <laughs> or why i think oh, that. It's, there's a lot of like defeat in this song we kind of go yeah. through some of the like stages of how people would deal with it. yeah and then that him addressing the audience i also don't think is, it's a sweet idea and maybe plays live but i don't think it has grounding in the song here Though that it's like, then we turn out to the audience. So this is just just a statement of fact, right? They know they have five years, right? Like, that's kind of the point of the point. Whereas we don't know that. So I don't think it can be about us from that perspective. Yeah. And there's plenty of songs where people reference you and it's not like, it's not you. Exactly. (laughs) And like the, the song is of course, in some, in some way directed at the audience because it has to be, but that's not the, but I mean, in the context of the song, song, I, I don't think so. No. Yeah, that's more directed at the audience. It has to be rock and roll suicide. Like, that's the call out to the right. audience. Right, you're not alone. One. Yeah. But that's, that comes from Mark Spitz' Bowie biography, and he doesn't have any... It literally just seems to be his interpretation of it. He just kind of goes right. through a song-by-song rip of everything. I had to, like, find it online, but... There's no, he doesn't say like David Bowie tells us that, or like, a, you know, fucking Woody Wood Manzi noted this. He's just, just describes the songs as he sees them, which is fine and good, but I don't think it is the, like, a, I don't think we should take that as a factual basis. No, no. 
All right. Well, we've established that. Let's move into the song. All right. Pushing pushing through the market square, so many mothers sighing, sighing. News had just come over. We had five years left to cry in. Crying. News guy wept and told us Earth was really dying, dying. Cried so much his face was wet that I knew he was not lying. Lying. Boom. Let's talk lying. about that. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, that's very much the story. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it, it's funny how unspecific it is. I, maybe not funny, but um, effective. Just because yes. it's not like, oh, yeah, there's going to be an asteroid or, or something like that or a plague or whatever. It's just, oh, yeah, yeah. apparently uh, every, we have only have five years left. And we know that, and and it's certain. Um, and it's certain, yeah. But, you know, it doesn't matter how it's going to happen. I think in the, like, extended, like, interviews and stuff, it's due to, like, lack of resources. Right. Like, natural resources are drying up. Right, I guess yeah, Earth is dying. Doesn't... We have five years of resources left. But it's very, like, yes. matter of fact of, like, there's five years. There's five years. Yeah, we couldn't even fucking do that today. No. And also the amount of people who would not believe it. Yeah. Be like, it's government scam, brother. Be unreal. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we might have five years left. I don't know. Yeah, we, we truly might, and we just don't know it. That's but this is the, the sort of beautiful thing that happens is in this song is we get the news. We know when when the fucking best before date is for Earth and life. Yeah. And it's it's heavy. Mothers are sighing. Uh the news guy's yeah. fucking crying. As he's reporting it, he's he's crying. His face yeah. is wet. That's how much he's crying, which is, I think, at all. Your face becomes yeah. wet if you cry at all, so it's at least I mean, some crying. I think it's it implies a lot. Though. Face it implies a lot because it's not just he's not doing the Sinead O'Connor single tear here. He's, yeah, he's crying that's a wet quite face. A um, he's got wet face. Yeah, and I guess that's why they believe him because he's crying. Yeah, he's I, then I knew he was not lying because he's crying so much. Um, yeah, but people think, because he mentions mothers, that he's like, oh, children always think about their mothers. But he's talking about, like, all of them. He's not just talking about his mom. He's talking about all of these mothers sighing, because, like, their fucking kids don't have a future. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's that. I don't think it's him being a kid. Um, but yeah, that's, the news drops, and it's serious, it's legit. We got five years. We already laid out the premise and the severity of it right away here. Um, I heard telephones, opera house, favorite melodies. I saw boys, toys, electric irons, and TVs. My brain hurt like a warehouse. It had no room to spare. I had to cram so many things to store everything in there. Is that, is he still at the market square? Like he's still at shops and just like seeing things like this is just just that moment of learning and and now everything's kind of spiraling. Yeah, he's so like. Imagine somebody told you you only had this much time left. Let's say your fucking dad says you got half an hour left at Disneyland. Yeah. Like suddenly your goal is to take in as You're much like, as ev- of everything as possible. Right. I guess that's you, it. Cramming it. Suddenly all. everything is precious. So the telephones, the opera house, the melodies, the boys, the toys, the fucking electric irons. Who cares yeah. about those? <laughs> and TVs. But he suddenly gets this like hoarder mentality where he's like, well. If there's only five years left, I have to store all of this in my brain. I have to carry and remember all of this because it is so temporary. Yeah. I almost thought of it in the opposite way of like now Mm. that he's got this information and has had this like actualizing moment and Mm. is like, fuck, I've got all this information and it doesn't matter. And like it's all stuffed in my brain. Like I, I, I don't need it. Um, but he actively crams it. I had yes, to cram yeah. so many or things like, to store everything. But in like there. he crammed it at one point. 
but now he's realizing that he is like just cramming useless stuff into his brain. That's what I, I don't that's know. That's what how I thought of it. I think it plays against the next uh, stanza here, where he says, "All the fat, skinny people, all the tall, short people, all the nobody people, all the somebody people." I never thought I'd need so many people. I guess so. He needs it now. He's seeing all these people around him of various yeah. descriptions. So it's the everything. He needs it all, and it's painful to try and store all that, because how can you? It's impossible. Yeah. But there's only five years left. What do you do? But, yeah, it's, and so apparently that line, there was, uh, there's, they had, a, like, a museum exhibit for some old Bowie stuff, and one of the, they had, like, an original lyric sheet, and you can see he scratches out the line. It was originally, I never thought I'd see so many people. And then it becomes need so many people. Ooh. And that's that's a heavy change there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess you could argue that like he's all this other but boys are in there. Like it's a lot of objects, true. but it's also favorite boys, melodies. Toys, electric irons. Because if it was just things, if it was just telephones, opera house, electric irons, TVs, toys, and he's like, Oh, my brain hurts from storing all the shit in there when what I need is the fat, skinny, tall, short, nobody, somebody people. Yeah. I could see that being the like one against the other. Yeah. Which is kind but of, I think, I, I think, I, I but like think opera house is in there. Boys is in there. Favorite melodies. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. That's life, baby. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's you, you, basically verse one is I found out the world is ending and now I'm trying to keep all of it in my head and it's impossible. And I never thought I'd need all these people around me, but good God, now that it's all ending, what do I do? What do you in verse do, two, man? we 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 yeah. What do you do? We find out what people do in verse two. We get to see like on the scene reactions. This is news reporting in its own way, which is kind of like news is a bit of a running theme in Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Uh, a girl my age went off her head, hit some tiny children. If the black hadn't pulled her off, I think she would have killed them. Um. So yeah, violence is your first. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I need to feel power. I need to punch some kids. So a girl my age, I thought was maybe like a, oh, okay, yeah, he's youthful because, but like, I think anybody can say a person my age, right? That's, that's a descriptor we use. We're like, oh yeah, about my age. Yeah. And that he specifies that they're hitting tiny children. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd let separates him from the children and her from the children. Yeah. Or, or else it'd be a tiny girl hit some other tiny girls. Yeah. They were all pretty tiny. <laughs> Everyone's tiny here. <laughs> Turns them. out I was to hanging London. out with Oopa Loopas. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then you have a uh, person of color, black person, pulls her Yeah, off. I was, like, wa- like, Googling around a bit, because I was like, is that, like, a slang term for, like, I don't know, a cop or something? A cop? No, because we get a cop not. later with the slang term it cop. Not. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, it's yeah, and it is like weird. It's not, I don't think it's racist to call him the black or them the black. They're not gendered, but it is like you wouldn't do it today. No, it's a very strange. And then he later calls out the queer, which uh, you could maybe get away with more today, depending on your tone. But yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it is, uh, it's quite an old fashioned way. And I wonder if we're supposed to pull something from that. If it's supposed to be like, well, it's black people stopping violence here, right? Like, you know, the the traditional white stereotype is like, well, these black people are violent. But it's like flipping pull, that around. Yeah, flipping that around. He's like, this black person had to pull somebody off from, from killing somebody. 
Yeah. Or if it's just like if it just literally paints the scene, you're like there's people of all all colors and right, and like every character here is a character, right? It's it's a girl, the black, a soldier, a cop, a soldier, a priest, a queer, queer. So like he's he's trying to remember all these people, but like there's no names, right? They're just right. So this is him cataloging as well. He's like, okay, well, I have to remember this person. That's the black. This is a girl. Has tiny children. Yeah. So he is just trying to like slot everything in his brain here still because this is also what we're doing he is taking in all these moments similar to the end of the first verse there he's 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 warehousing yeah just all these moments yeah the next moment is a soldier with a broken arm fixed his stare to the wheels of a cadillac a cop knelt and kissed the feet of a priest and a queer threw up at the sight of that Everyone's reactions. Yeah. Fix his stare to the wheels of a Cadillac. Does that just mean mm-hmm. he focused on his his car, making his car shiny? I don't know if it's his car is the thing. Oh, someone it's else's. It's a Cadillac, right? It's a Cadillac? Right. Yeah, and so like a soldier with a broken arm, so he's clearly, we're going to have to assume he's been in combat. I'm assuming it wasn't just like a bicycle accident. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got a broken arm from war. And he's been out there you know, fighting for his country or whatever. And he now that he knows the world is going to end, he can only look at a, like a fancy car, like some maybe childhood dream he had. He's like, "Well, everything's ending. I still don't have a Cadillac. Like it's, it's this this you know this imbalance in wealth, right? Because it's just everyone is doing something differently. He this person is focusing on on a goal versus someone else is acting violently versus yeah. appealing to religion." Which and it could also just line. be the like the thousand yard stare. Like he's just he's yeah. sure he's looking at a Cadillac, but it's like he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's fixed. It never moves. It never moves. It's, so yeah, he's he's looking at that Cadillac. He's thinking about capitalism, baby. Is what I think, maybe. But at the very least, he is traumatized. He's dealing with trauma in the the typical soldier way, bottling up and disassociating. Right. And then cops, because they're, they're fucking bootlickers, he finds the nearest boot and licks it. <laughs> and licks uh, it. Um, I think uh, because uh, uh, cops and priests are both sort of symbols of authority. Yes. Um, so this is just one version of authority sort of breaking down and realizing that the other version of authority, at least, you know, in its own context, is perhaps um, what he is now deciding to um yeah he's he's thrown to what is a higher the cop thought he was the higher power but now with the world and he's going okay he's appealing to uh uh uh, even higher power yeah and then you've got of course cops are you know church and state here typically supposed to be separate but yeah they love getting in bed together and then why this causes of course such a violent reaction in a queer person is like cops notoriously against queer people religion notoriously (laughs) Notoriously. against queer people yeah these two teaming up not fucking great. Yeah. Would make anyone nervous, or could make anyone nervous. Could make anyone nervous. A, yeah. Marginalized group. Yeah. So, yeah, you see this breakdown, yeah, this appeal to higher power and what it means for the people around in this moment. Cop, priest, queer. The worst game of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But then we what would we the hand symbols we, be? What would the hand symbols be? <laughs> symbols be um, you got the prayer hands for the priest. Prayer hands, you get to make the shape of a badge somehow. Somehow, and, and I then, don't know a mohawk. 
a mohawk. Yeah, for the queer, you just kind of that's like that's kind of like the priest, but then the, the the fingers are just splayed. Just one hand, maybe. Maybe the priest, you do like a T or like you know like a cross. Right, make a little hands. cross. Yeah. Okay. It's not very good. It doesn't play test well. No. Um, but here we have the turn towards love, towards maybe some you know some eye of the storm here. Yeah, a longer. A vignette as well, sort of. Yes, because yeah, we're focusing on one person for an yeah. extended length of time here. I think I saw you in an ice cream parlor, drinking milkshakes cold and long, smiling and waving and looking so fine. Don't think you knew you were in the song. That's fun. That fucking because rocks. he's talking That's about so a song. Good. But also, referencing the fact that the song itself is called Five Years, therefore this person is acting as if they didn't even know they only mm-hmm. had five years left. Yeah, you're hanging out like a cold milkshake. My God, how refreshing, especially with the heat of the world ending, right? Like, yeah. it's, there's this intensity, and then somebody's just like, I'm having a cool beverage. It's like, oh, fuck. Like, huh. such a shift. Yeah. Smiling and waving. So they're like being social, looking so fine. They're not, they're not groveling. They're not, they don't have a thousand yard stare. They're not yeah. fu- beating up kids for no yeah. reason. You know, they're just acting normal and even, even kind. And even kind. Yeah. They're, they've, they've maybe taken in this moment and just said like, well, all right, milkshakes t- still are cold and long. Like people still smile and wave. It's, we got five years. I never knew how long I had. I know now it doesn't change anything. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he sees this person who is like literally and, and figuratively beautiful. And then we we learn about the weather here. This is interesting that cold comes up twice. I didn't think about that, but now I'm just looking at the sheet. And it was cold and it rained, so I felt like an actor and I thought of Ma and I wanted to get back there. Your face, your race, the way that you talk. I kiss you, you're beautiful. I want you to walk. Oh my god. <laughs> I can love this song. Um Yeah. Cold and it rained. Is this just pathetic fallacy? That's what genius suggests. I kind of think that works. Yeah, I think so too. I don't have any anything else really. So that's why he feels like an like actor. He's one. like, okay, this feels like it's out of a movie because it because it feels like unreality, sort of. Yeah, that does exactly. make sense because uh, what I was always thinking was like because actors are always down on their luck uh, mm. and out <laughs> of the street or whatever. I don't know, but that makes more sense. Be like, hey, it this is make, like a yeah. play or a movie because. It's raining and it bad news sad. hit, and suddenly the weather has changed yeah, to that too. Exactly, which is another I, sort yeah. of also self-referential in the way that "Don't Think You Knew You're in This Song" was right. So kind of get two back to back. Hmm. Um. And then of course I thought of, and this is another reason I don't think he's a child. Is the line I thought of Ma and I wanted to get back there speaks to a place you haven't been in a long time. Right, and if you're a child, probably. Not in all cases, but probably, you know, typically you'd live with a parent. Yeah, you'd live with your parents. And if, yeah, like, yeah, it's, unless it's like, oh, I thought, uh, like, I've been running in this market square and I just remember my mom is over here sighing or something. I, I should probably get back there. But that doesn't seem to play with this, like, kind of lofty filmic actor idea we've just thrown out there. He's like, it was like a movie, man. It was cold and raining. I thought of getting back to the countryside, you know, seeing my mother again. Yeah. Versus, like, I suddenly thought I just needed to go home, which I was going to do anyway. Just, yeah, probably going to do. Um, yeah, so he wants to get back to the, and of course, your mother, typically a comfort zone. You're like, okay, I want to get back to, to mm-hmm. where I felt safe and, and calm. Mm-hmm. Back with my mother. But then Yeah, he there could be, like, his yep. childhood, which is just yearning for the past as well. Yeah. 
Exactly. He's, yeah, he's yearning for the, the, this. Yeah, this time, as we, as we often do in times of crisis, we yearn mm-hmm. for a simpler time. Um, your face, your race, the way that you talk, I kiss you. You're beautiful. I want you to walk. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like your precursor to soul love there, and also like the maybe Bowie's like statement of what we need to do in a time of crisis, even though it is such like a hippy dippy idea, is the like turn to love. You know, that's yeah. that's where the good stuff is, and and hunker down together which i mean we talked about cover me a year ago Mm, yeah which kind of says the same thing yeah they're like we got to take shelter and and weather the storm here um but here he says i want you to walk so there's this almost this idea of we will we'll go out there and be in the world for these five years you the milkshake drinker who even in this time of crisis you're outside you're you're smiling and waving like you're being quite open Mm -hmm. and surviving this apocalypse now I could see this being the address to the audience because he does say your face, your race, like, and that's a, a kind of a weird line. I get that it rhymes, yeah. Um, but it's like okay, so that's, we don't. It's also just like more details, right? Like he's taking in details, and that's kind of yeah. What the song? What happens in the song? And that race could be anything. It doesn't necessarily portray this person as being of any like yeah. nationality or specific race. Just kind of mentioned he noticed that detail. Yeah. And then this is where people also say it's like, oh, he's talking about the human race and he's become Ziggy Stardust here. I also don't think that works. Because, like, the shift, there's no real, like, prescient shift from this narrator who was in the market square and just hearing the news to, you know, the alien messiah who's about to come into play Ziggy Stardust. I don't think it works like that. I don't think so. But worth it. He's talking about, like, some very human things. You know, he has mm-hmm. knowledge of human life. I yeah, I thought of Ma. I wanted to get back there. A weird thing for some alien dude to say. Like, he maybe he's got a mother, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And why Why would he know about, like, acting tropes if he's just hit Earth? Like, it's... Mm-hmm. So, like, at what line would he cut? It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry, folks. It doesn't make sense. But that's verse two, this this further look in at everything that is happening there, trying to find a bit of calm in that, and just, yeah, it's it's just a dude, it is almost a little on the road, just like stream of consciousness, you know? I can see that influence a bit. It, it is, and like structurally, mm-hmm. it's not, I mean, it's like one long verse, which is kind of broken up into stanzas, really, and then another yeah. one, similar, like you call it verse one and verse two, I guess... Yeah, because um, I, I was in my head. I'm like, I know there's a chorus to this song, and it's like, yeah. not really. It's kind of like it's an outro, right or at the refrain. end. It's, like, yeah, it says five years a bunch. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Worth noting, I forgot to. I mentioned it in the intro, but the line that's apparently inspired by that, uh, I would have killed them if they hadn't drugged me off. Is is if the black hadn't pulled her off, I think she would have killed them. Mm-hmm. So he's pulling on this idea. Easy enough. Um, the outro, though. We've got five years stuck on my eyes. Five years. What a surprise. We've got five years. My brain hurts a lot. Five years. That's all we've got. And that repeats several times. Yeah. Five years a lot. Stuck on my eyes. That's a phrase don't hear other places. You've never heard that in my life. And I used to think, because I knew like life on Mars, I was like, is it stuck on Mars? <laughs> <laughs> no. Stuck on Mars. Um, I think, I think it's because it's all he can. He's, see? Yeah, he's thinking about it. It's like stuck in his his eyes, but like his his life, sort of everything he yeah. sees is is been recontextualized by this new fact. 
That's right. So it's yeah, everything is through the veil of this this you know fresh trauma that discovering you only have five years left. Mm-hmm. What a surprise! My brain hurts a lot, which calls back to the the warehouse, his brain warehouse. Yep. Um, that's all we've got. And it repeats, 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 five years, five years, five years. Uh, that's the lyrics. Yeah. Fucking killer. How does it sound, though, Alex? What does it sound like? What it does like it drums. sound like? Oh, it does sound like drums. Those drums, man. I was like, I was thinking going into this. I was like, damn, those drums are so iconic for me. And then I was like, mm. I, I don't know if anyone else thinks that as well. And then I looked it up and immediately it was like, the drums are well known. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, good. Because, yeah, it's... Uh, so there's an interview speaking to The Quietest in 2017. Woody Woodbanzi talks about that drum beat. He said, what was wanted was a drum beat to introduce the song itself and to set an atmosphere for the whole album. The idea of the song is that the world is ending in five years. So it was about finding a drum beat that got that across, which was quite a challenge. I remember going through drum rolls, cymbal crashes, and I kind of thought, if it's the end of the world... I can't be bothered. You wouldn't be excited and you wouldn't feel like doing a lot. So that beat came out of a sort of despair and apathy. And then when the band comes in and David starts singing, it just feels right. It feels like a really good beginning. So I was quite proud of that. I nailed the brief by all reports. He did. Sure fucking did. Yeah. He did. Absolutely. <laughs> My report agrees. Um, yeah, I've checked the reports. I've, I've done a bit of the research myself. Yeah, it, it all checks out. Yep, yeah, it does. Absolutely. It's just the like, ba-da, 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 ba-da. It's kind of a slow plod. It really they call it uh, a classic slow, quick, quick drum beat. Slow, quick, quick. <laughs> yeah, slow, quick, quick. Um, yeah, it really, it really captures the the feeling of of this sort of like ennui. Yeah, because it comes by in the slow world too. ending. Like you like have some quiet. time, but not much. Not much. Just enough time to think about how little time you have. Exactly. It's uh, so that comes in. It it grows in volume gradually, and then we get like a little. Is it a guitar doing that? He's he has a twelve string acoustic on this. But is there's that, also uh, an auto harp. On auto harp. I is think that, that might be what it same is. Parts? Okay, so the it, auto like, harp is it sounds this. harp like, and it's very like yeah, kind of high pitched and like fast. I yes. think it's. I think it's. Um. I think it's the auto harp. Okay, I was kind of I was not sure where it was in, but that checks out to me. It is yeah. also backed by could piano. be twelve string, could be twelve string. Yeah, we're getting yeah. piano on this point. Um, everything is pretty slow and sparse at this point too. Yeah, um, it, it picks up later. Low and sparse. Even even Dave Bowie is quite gentle, pushing yeah. through the market square. So many mothers sighing, sighing. You get the the backing uh, echoes. To rock, they're good. I like those. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty. The tempo is very slow. I mean, I think that I think the drum is playing like triplets. So you yeah. have this like dun, So it's kind of played in that way. But yeah, it's quite a slow song. Yes, it is. And yeah, like very sparse. It really is just like those those brushes, those big. Yeah, the harp, the piano chords, and then there's a bass. As well, of course. yeah, it, it picks the bass up again. Is pretty cool on this, yeah. It's a lot of um, just kind of like grooves and licks. It's just like boom, 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 and then it kind of picks up as we we get in. You get big heavy piano chords. Yeah, once you hit, we have five years left to cry in. Um, it sort of picks up after that. Yeah, um, which is about thirty seconds in. Thirty seconds in, um, and then 
Your next yeah. big pickup is about 55 seconds in when he hears telephones. Uh, yes, again, melodies. the sort of next like section, which is within what, what Genius calls verse one. Verse one, yeah. But it's kind of the third stanza, maybe, if you yeah. want to look at it that way. Um, and then also Bowie in particular picks up there. Like he's singing more consistently and yeah. like his, his energy is picked up, his frequency is increased. Yeah, he's moved from like talk singing to a little bit like more singing. Mm-hmm. So he's changed the ratio. It's still a little talky, but. Yeah, he's still, he's he's still building. A higher there. There's more yeah. piano chords, um, kind of leads the measure change a bit. So like it plays right at the end of each bar. Yeah. And then into the beginning of the next one. And the bass is yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah, it does a little run down, and it's 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 a little more active. Um, Shot people. Dun, yes, dun, dun. this part also yeah. kind of feels like a pre-chorus. Like it's not really, but the build is almost like we're leading into a chorus. Which yeah, we're not. It's a build with like a collapse because then you get like what is a very like sad and poignant line. I never thought I'd need so many people. Yeah, and then the piano does a nice little. Well, I mean, the piano chords, which is a little Beatles-y, actually, now I'm thinking. Yeah, and there is, because it goes like, so there's like a rise and fall to it as well, which is kind of classic. It feels very classic. It feels very classic. That's a classic. Um, Look at the classics here. (laughs) Yeah, they only do the classics. Yeah, that's a reference to uh, an inside joke from our trip to Tunisia. They don't need Uh, to know that, Well, that was Italy, actually. Uh, (laughs) Um, we do the classics here. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting about this song. So, I mean, it's not set in stone completely, but Mm -hmm. generally speaking, um, or how do I say this? So a lot of, uh, hunky dory and, and, uh, Ziggy Stardust were written around kind of concurrently when yeah, said David they were Bowie recorded was basically back to back. Yeah, but the writing itself, a lot of it happened when David Bowie was in America. He wasn't able to mm. perform. There's some like visa issues, but he was in okay. the states and he was touring around and he was writing these songs. And he kind of has a set of them that were more composed on piano and a set of them that are more composed on guitar. And then the piano ones typically generally went to Hunky Dory and the guitar ones generally went to Ziggy Stardust. My point being, Ziggy Stardust is more guitar-based and also more like rock and roll electronic, you know, electric. Mm. Um, This song is fairly acoustic up to now. Yeah, it is. So we're almost sort of easing in like with... uh, like, it's, we're coming from the previous album, you know? And, like, we haven't shrugged off. Not that the previous album has no electric guitar on it or anything. Um, no, but it is a little more piano. It's much yeah. softer. You could call it folk here, though it doesn't read as folk to me. But, like, yeah, it's, yeah, but like, it's in not terms the of glam rock maybe. that Ziggy Stardust turns into. Yeah, we haven't got there yet. But no. we will. And this one isn't quite that, but you start to get some of that roughness, oddly, with the introduction of strings. Yeah, so the strings, I mean, a lot of the versions go for this, but as you sort of start to get with the build, you know, more and more noise and filling out space and stuff, and, and strings are a real classic way to do that. But Yes, and it's, it's interesting because the strings play soft and gentle, but it eventually, like, they serve as, like, a counterpoint to David Bowie screaming at the end of this. And also yeah. they start to just go like, <laughs> like they, they get fucking wild on this. They do, they do. But they come in so sweet and gentle. Yeah, but I mean, it's like at a time where there's a lot of stuff 
being added right like there's yeah even, i think even more piano chords um and like they're louder and the guitar is also yeah the guitar now. is finally here like fully yeah and we're sort of like it builds throughout the this second half um mm-hmm. as well but this is sort of where everything starts to come in yeah it's less like the first verse when when instruments are playing it's kind of disjointed It'll be, you know, just the chord at the start of the phrase or whatever. And then yeah. you get like a few bass notes here. Like the piano is established its own kind of riff. The guitar is playing consistent chords in the back. Like it's, yeah. And it's all kind of smoothed out over with this string section. Yeah. Which even then is sort of bro- like, it's really, I think the line, like, I think I saw you in an ice cream parlor. That's where yeah. the music starts to get really like steady and like, yes, you- hearing music like consistently um and yeah, then once get it gets this, to uh, oh sorry yeah no go ahead i was going to talk about uh, the next section once you get to oh, okay. it was cold and it rained like then you start to get like this consistent noticeable build every line right cold and it rained and it so rained. i felt like an actor which and is of my, and like it's moving upwards yeah that like pound that cold and it rained and i felt like an actor it's foreshadowed or sort of set up in the I saw you in an ice cream parlor because the piano starts hitting those beats already with a little more oomph. Oh, so it cool. sets you up for that. And then it just happens. It just happens. So this is similar. Yeah. I mentioned that it, the, this sort of last, we'll say third stanza, I guess, maybe fourth, mm-hmm. uh, of the previous section, the first half, um, felt like a pre-chorus and this again even more like a pre-chorus and this time we actually lead into what could be called the chorus yeah we get the actual like payoff because you get what people call these like pub backing votes five years <laughs> and then you get him singing his bits in between the fucking strings are soaring here everything's playing like that's that's your real chorus payoff yeah and then it goes on for quite a while Yeah, you got about a minute and a half of this. Maybe all close to two minutes, honestly. And uh, there's more more strings and stuff, you know. Yeah, they do real like... There's like a lot of punchiness to certain moments. They punch up a lot of his words. They just punch up certain moments. There's good use of like dynamic playing on this. Yeah, until... Right until the end. I mean, right at the end where a couple things happen... The electric guitar fires up for one. Mm-hmm. And it's like distorted. You start to get that's right, um yeah. the strings like you mentioned the strings screeching, but that's kind of where this yeah. happened. And everything starts to sort of fall apart and he's just screaming. Yeah, and he slowly starts, you know, doing these harsher deliveries, just like what sounds like a genuine breakdown, which adds so much to this song playing against the strings and then sometimes the strings are playing with it and then it all kind of collapses down to just that drum beat again yeah and then it that drum beat plays us out just like it played us yeah in. and those little fucking backing vocals yeah i mean there's also a moment i like like where the strings all kind of as the strings collapse they kind of reach their lowest point and just play like one chord and then they're out more yeah. Uh, yeah, they sort of sit on it for a while, but 
Um, something very similar happens in Rock and Roll Suicide, but but this is the sort of starting version of that, and then the ending version of that happens at the end. Yeah. So that's yeah, some that's some cool. that connective tissue. Yeah. yeah very cool connective tissue. There's a lot of cool stuff. I mean, it's fucking Ziggy Stardust. Like. Yeah. This is it's an all timer. It's we could do like a year of episodes on it. Easy. <laughs> Not actually, it's, but still. We could. We, could, we have. We could. Well, talk fucking about test it for me. A long I'll do time. it. <laughs> Maybe a month. Maybe we'll start with a month. We could probably manage a month. Uh, I mean, theoretically, there's 11 songs. Unfortunately, yeah. we've already chewed through two of them, so we're down to nine. So. We could do two months. We could do two months. I'm sure there's plenty of covers. It's Ziggy Stardust. Oh, yeah. It's Ziggy Stardust. It's, yeah. And then this one leads into Soul Love, which also has a drum intro that I think is... That's a good way to connect it. Pick it up a little bit. Yeah, great song, fucking great lyrics, great performance. It's and it's just like it's part theater, it's part rock and roll. It's it's got hunky dory vibes. It's got strings. It's killer. It's yeah. This is about as Bowie as it gets. It's about as Bowie as it gets, and that's why I've said earlier I don't think we're gonna find something that even touches close to that. Because no matter what these covers do, they always lose something, and it's typically that cacophonous ending. We're just talking about such an iconic thing. <laughs> I know, but you know, there's uh, yeah. there's iconic songs where you can That's get true. some fucking get some you good can, covers. You can play ball, but like this one, it's just like usually you have to change quite a bit. None of these covers exactly. really do that. None of these covers do. I think if you do something like the classic kind of like some metal genres trick, where it's like, ooh, we're soft and now we're fucking evil aggressive would play really well here. You could do a sort of like, in Majora's Mask, you can always hear the evil, like, end of the world music playing, even in Clocktown, just mm-hmm. under the regular town music, and it gets louder as the days progress. You could do something like that here. That sort of thing. Yeah. But I'm sure there's loads you could do. But why not just do acoustic guitar? Because your name is Sue George, and it is 2004. Yes. Brazilian. Brazilian. Uh, this is from the movie The Life Aquatic. Um, Full name: The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizo. I didn't know yes. that was part of the actual title. Yes, that, that is, is that is the full name. Um, and so, is this? So- I haven't seen the movie. I'm, I'm pulling it from the library. I put it on reserve. But uh, yeah, good movie. Is this? This is actually in the film. This is in the movie. Yeah. Um, I double checked on that because I couldn't remember. But there is. You can look it up on YouTube. Is that just that scene of him just playing guitar straight on a boat for five minutes? Is that it? Like, yeah, I don't know if the whole thing is in, but I'm pretty sure it's in the movie. Okay, okay, seems okay, to be. Okay, okay. Because I I watched that and I was like, okay, this isn't really a music video. It's just him <laughs> sitting on a. Yeah, not really a music video. Um, there's definitely some points in that movie where he just starts playing guitar. Uh, oh, yeah. But I have I seen that movie. That's a movie I've seen, so uh, that's cool. That's, yeah, that's right. Blockbuster Summer's back, baby. We're talking about we're movies. We're talking again. about movies. Talking about movies. Um, it was on Prime Video. Oh, Maybe shit. it's not well, anymore. It's in my fucking. No, it was on Disney Plus. I'm sorry. Alex, fucking. Disney Plus. Talking, get out of here with your Disney I think Plus. it was on Prime Video, but it's all, all the. All these uh, Wes, Wes Anderson movies are on uh, Disney are Plus on these days. Disney Plus now. God damn it. Yeah. I like refuse to give Disney my money. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, me too. But uh, I mean, I, I, my, my brother uh, has an account that I steal. I know. So. You, you don't pay for a single fucking streaming service. You have no. access to like all of them. Yeah, somehow. Uh, I pay for Prime. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But you're paying for the deliveries there too, Alex. That's true. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting it for Prime Video. Lord yeah. knows I am not paying for Prime, so I get Prime Video. Video, no. Um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, this version. Yeah, so, Sue George, actor, yeah. songwriter, musical artist. He plays uh, this in The Life Aquatic. He had we, a minor role in the, the most recent Wes Anderson film, Asteroid City. Yep. Or he's part um, of the band in that. This is Portuguese, the language. It's in Portuguese. We talked about him in our The Model episode, Das Model. Das uh, Model. cover of that. Um, this album has also come up a couple times. I don't think we've talked about any of this. Uh, Do we talk about the life on Mars? No, because, and I almost took this one off too, because it is just straight up acoustic. It is. And and some singing. I think he's got I, a cool voice though. I like his I think voice. His, his guitar playing is pretty good. Yes, I think I like the way uh, I like the drumming pattern. Uh, it it is enough like the drums that I think it's effective. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, and then sort of also follows the like piano with the then and and with the chord changes and stuff. Right. Um, so does that kind of stuff. It's very, you know, I I I liked this ahead of time, and I don't always go for, um, you know, these. It's just person singing and an acoustic guitar right. uh but i do happen to like this one you do happen to like this one i like a foreign language cover too yep that's a good move that's a good way to make me uh listen to a song yeah put it in a different language that i'm not familiar with yeah because then i'm just like i see if i can pick up maybe a couple words i'm like mm, a key i bet that means here in portuguese as well <laughs> like maybe yeah but like honestly I don't have a ton to say about it other than that. That's kind of like I can describe it and there you go. Yeah, it's more of like a like its significance is that it was in a film and that I, I think he's I think he's good. I, I'll say this he's an actor and I think like vocally he's 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 putting a little acting oomph into this. Yeah. It sounds like he's he's carrying a little weight with it. I think it sounds good. No breakdown in this though. There's it's very steady. It's very he takes that sort of like slowness vibe from the beginning of the song and just says what if we ride that the whole way and he does i mean it does have a build but not in the same not it's not screaming at the end yeah he's not screaming at the end i don't get the sense of like despair you know i just get the sense that the song got a no that bit. might i mean the maybe it's more about like isolation in, in yeah, the movie, I would, but then, I don't but then know it's sort of in the context would, of the movie. I would guess, yeah. Um, it's different. Or, yeah, or so it's maybe like, uh, it's recontextualizing what those five yeah. years mean to, yeah. to fit the the context, and that's hey, that's not bad. A little recontextualization never hurt nobody. Yeah, so pretty cool, pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, let's move it along to 2008 be. then to talk about the indie pop band from Pompano Beach, Florida, the Postmarks. The Postmarks. <laughs> Apparently, they were once described as a cute version of Cowboy Junkies, which is hey, cool, because that's... That'll never uh, come up. Yeah, that's not going to be relevant <laughs> soon. That seems irrelevant, but uh, I'm glad you mentioned it. A cute ver- I could see that. They definitely soft baby indie vocals. Yep, they got that. It's very... Um, 
diffuse you know it's diffuse and yeah. jangly is the, is the yes. words i would describe it with there's definitely you get a sense of it being an echoey space yeah it's very soft and echoey and the vocals are very filtered in that way and then the guitar has this real jangly sound to it yeah absolutely um, um mm-hmm. the vocals do kind of a couple things like they get more like i wish i had more time stamps wow um <laughs> they sometimes are more talky and more like sing-songy depending on which part they're at yeah she um, gets like backing yeah. harmonies at certain points and then more talky here's a weird thing she says or rather doesn't say yeah she, for the first line of listing all the people she just says fat skinny people she doesn't, yeah, say, doesn't all say all the yeah which i mean just makes it sound like she wasn't paying attention yeah just like she forgot her mark <laughs> fat skinny people although maybe it's just i mean because it is kind of listening things it doesn't matter that much. It doesn't matter that much, but like it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. You're like fat, skinny people. You're like, we were just talking about something else. What? <laughs> yeah. I feel like the all the is, and you know, the repetition is part of the poetry. So. I tend to agree. I tend to agree with um, myself as well, Alex. Strings on verse two. Yes, strings on. They do have the strings. I mean, it is pretty close. Um, the, it's you might even call it by the numbers. By the numbers, yeah. They've. I mean, they. You always change the balance of of uh, what is prominent in the mix, or not necessarily always, but this one definitely does. Like the piano is there, but it's yeah. very much in the background. Like it's much sharper in the original. Yes, and there's not really a bass to speak of on this. There's not much low end, eh? I mean, I didn't no. really think about it. But, yeah, you're right. That's There's part of where that, like, airiness comes in, though, is not having that low end. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, I guess it's an aesthetic to go for. Yeah. And you get a sort of more uh, uplifting string, like, sting as we move into the in ice the cream ice parlor. Cream parlor dun, yeah, because the dun, 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 dun. Is this fast as I remember it? Um, no, I have it at double like, speed. It's double speed in my head. Dun, yeah, no, it's single dun, speed. Dun, double dun, it and then half it. Dun, dun, dun. But yeah, it's like a it's real sharp. Well, I say sharp. It's still like as as soft and echoey as the rest of the song. But, yeah, uh, that's the thing is like we don't ever really shift from that even when the music like the instruments get louder. Yeah. And like we, we start to introduce years. these like descending guitar arpeggios as well. Yeah. Um yeah, kind of so like similar to the original but we lose so much without having like the dynamics of the original even yeah, in terms of like particularly on the vocals. How notes get hit, the dynamics of the vocals. It's like fine, but it's there's no reason to listen to this over the original. <laughs> yeah, I mean unless you're really into the the vocal tone specifically cuz it doesn't change, so you got to really yeah. get into it. Um, it's more modern in some ways. Like we always talk about uh, creating this like cacophony with noise, um, and that's part right. of the next thing. And that's in this one, but uh, yeah, and it's, it's uh, probably easier to make that cacophony. But then sometimes we talk about how like doing things the manual way, even if it's like the result is technically inferior, it is like right. spiritually superior. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that. We've talked about that, Alex. We have talked about that. We um, talked about it with uh what's the one uh we did it for Love or Me? I'm not in love, 10 CC. 
Ah, we're spending three weeks definitely, like, recording. Ah, it really adds something to it. Yeah, it really adds. Having these fucking, these massive tape machines that yeah. they had to fucking figure out and work really made a difference compared to some of the other versions where they can make that same effect synthetically. Simply, yeah. Because and and quite easily. It's, do that, but it's, something's lacking there. Yeah. Less bespoke. Less bespoke. Um, Less um, spoke. Less woke. It's yeah, this woke culture. No, I'm kidding. Um, speaking of speaking, Alex, bespoken. Somebody who's good at enunciation. Lena Hall in 2018. Yeah, because Lena Hall, uh, which is a. Uh, Oh, what was her full name? Uh, Selena no. Consuela Gabriela Carvajal. Carvajal. Hey, there you go. So, short, or Lena Hall for short. Um, yes. Oh, I was reading through this Wikipedia page. Uh, so she's taken Hall as a as a stage last name. Apparently, her original last name Carvajal uh, mm-hmm. was also like doing. She did some research on her family, and it turned out that was a stage name that like. Some ancestor of hers had taken and became family. Oh, okay. And she's like so, too long. Got to fucking. She's like, got to shorten the stage name to a new stage name. It was a so real So that the I thought was very moment. amusing. Uh, yeah, the Facebook moment, exactly. <laughs> um, but Lena Hall, what's up with Lena Hall? Uh, she has a long name. She's an actress. Yes. She's a singer. Yes. Does a lot of yes. like musical theater stuff, Broadway. Yes. Uh, Broadway. Some movies, some TV. She uh, did Snowpiercer. Apparently, TV in series. Snowpiercer, the TV series. Uh, so that's yeah. cool. She was in the the first Sex in the City film. I I haven't seen that one. I have. I don't remember her in it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's probably not a huge role. I don't know. We'll have to watch it. Have we'll to, have yeah, to watch for watch. Lena. Classic, um, classic Lena. What else um, is going on with Lena? Yeah, she does these albums. Obsessed colon artist name, and this okay. is the David Bowie one, where she does Rebel Rebel Lazarus Queen Bitch. As the world falls down from the hit film Labyrinth in five years. I'll I'll give her this. That's a pretty good spread. That is a pretty good spread. eh? (laughs) I I mean, especially for something like this, which is very vocal focused, Mm -hmm. where it might not make as much sense to do like sound and vision like that song. But if you're doing musical theater, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense to show off your voice. Yeah. And that's, um, she's definitely looking to show off her voice on this. Yes, that's really... I mean, look at the description, and it is stripped-down, vocal-intensive versions of, of songs, and that's basically what I wrote, which is simplified arrangement that focuses on her singing. Yeah, that's 100%. It. I'll say this. Yeah. She's got strong pipes. She's a good singer. Absolutely. Yeah, it sounds... I mean, comparing it to the original, um, she sounds very like formally trained and practiced kind of thing yes uh you know it's it's musical theater although she doesn't have a ton like compared to some of the musical theater ones we've done this is more on the pop side for sure for sure yeah but like her her like control and and the way she sings is definitely yeah she doesn't do that full on like musical theater twang but it's you can tell she is from yeah that the like lilt or whatever yeah the that whatever is, it is I don't know exactly what it is it's like it's almost like an accent but yeah in singing is there a word for that I don't know what it is it's just that like it's that fucking weird thing they do yeah Wh- whatever that is she doesn't do that 
She doesn't do that, but she does sing quite strongly, quite powerfully from the diaphragm. Yes, absolutely. And she, she enunciates everything. So if you, you're confused about any of the words, this is That's the version true. to listen to and hear it. That's true. It's helpful for that. Um, and it really is, yeah, focusing on those vocals. The rest of it, there's piano, there's guitar, and there's bass. Um, yeah. And drums? Yeah, there's a, but they're electronic, it might be a drum right? machine. Yeah, yeah I like didn't see it in the studio music video. Yeah, there's a but I wasn't paying attention all video. that close. There's no drummer in the video. No. There okay. are drums. There's yeah. no one sitting at them. Okay, yeah. That's it sounds like a, a drum machine, machine doing it. So, yeah, it's, and it's it's very stable. To it's the, yeah. the electronic version of the original's drums. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about again. This was a shortcoming of this, and part of it is her musical theater polish. Is the outro? She she sure. belts for sure, and that's good. But there's none of this like gross torture that comes out in the Bowie version. It's just right. It's not like, like a scream. It's not a desperate scream. No, it's like it's just rock and roll. It's so it's like it's it's fine. It's fine. It's probably it's, better for your vocal cords. Say that. Yeah, but um, but uh, yeah, the sound is is uh, less less engaging. This isn't a the purpose of this podcast isn't to examine the health of vocal cords. <laughs> Let's talk about sh- healthy singing technique. Let's um, see who's the healthiest though. Who's still singing? Like who's gonna going? have the longest career? Based David on Bowie's their not singing, singing anymore. That's probably He's, something to do. They uh, said it was the cancer. I'm pretty sure it was this song. Pretty sure it was this song. Um, yeah, but she's definitely got much more uh, trained sound. Uh, what else is going? Okay, there's one bit. This is early on. She like mm-hmm. does a little a minor yodel. Yes, cold and on long. Cold and long. Yeah. Two twenty is the timestamp. Uh, minor yodel. Yeah, long? putting her in the the distinct which actually Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> True, but it kind of sounds like it reminds me of Patty Smith. Oh yeah, just long. I'm so um, fun, huh? Yeah. What's <laughs> the exactly. No, I'm thinking of uh, that's a Frank Zappa song. I'm so cute. I'm so cute. Yeah. Just <laughs> so That's the one. But also uh, uh, Gloria. Patty yeah, Smith. Gloria is what I was thinking of. Patty Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the fire hydrant. <laughs> I think uh, in, in that I don't song, remember. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. Uh, it reminds me of that. Um, yeah, so she's a she's good singer. She's a good singer. It's very good focused singer. on that, too. So, cool. Yeah, but uh, again, like the, the landing doesn't stick for me, and that's where this first... Yeah, and like there's not much going on in the instrumental side of the track. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's not like you're going to find anything cool in there, which is what's so cool about the original is like it does a lot with sparse instrumentals. Mm-hmm. But hey, um, sometimes you're just trying to tell people that you are David Bowie, that you're obsessed with him. And you know, I do that all the time, so. Yeah. That's mostly what we try to do on the show is let everybody yeah. know we're obsessed with David 30 Bowie. 30 to 50% of this show. We're also obsessed with Canadian content, which is why we've yeah. got to talk about Cowboy Junkies in Gotta talk about the CJ. Wait, did that thing I said before become relevant? 
Yeah, it did actually. What? I was I was weird. I didn't think it would come up, but wow. yeah. So the this postmarks. is like a not cute version of the postmarks. That's what. I yeah. It's, what if what if the postmarks were fucking ugly? We're <laughs> just not cute anymore. Uh, no, it's Cowboy Junkies. They're a Canadian uh, band. Uh, Toronto. They're from out yeah, east anyway. Formed in Toronto. Uh, uh, everything out east is now. the same to me. Uh, I've, I've, everything out east is Toronto to me. It's Toronto, unless it's Ottawa. Uh, That's right, baby. Unless it's Trudeau. Um, um, so they're Canadian. They're called alt folk just, and country. Yes, alt folk. I, I got alt country and folk. What? Did I write it wrong, or did I read a different source? We'll never know. We'll never know. It's not worth knowing. But it is worth knowing this. We've talked about them before, because uh, Lou Reed uh, famously said he liked their version of Sweet Sweet Jane. And you know what? Their version of Sweet Jane's pretty good. Pretty good. Not as good as that Um, other one, in my opinion. But still really good. No. Still really Um, good, yeah. Another thing about uh, Cowboy Junkies? Siblings Band. Who's band? Siblings. There are siblings. Siblings band. Okay, I, I heard Iblings and I was siblings. like, I don't know what the They're fuck that is. Siblings <laughs> band. Uh, there are three Timmonses in this band. Three? That's too many Timmons. That's so many Timmons. Um, they're in this band, and the lead singer Margot Timmons is uh, singing here. And yeah, they definitely have this sound. Yeah. You can pick up, you know, Margot Timmons' uh, laid-back vocals from a mile away. Yeah, oh yeah. It's a cla- it's a Canadian classic. Yeah, I don't even know many Cowboy Junkies songs. No, I know like, this yes. and their cover of Sweet Jane. They there we talked about another cover of theirs and I'm blanking on what it was. I swear we oh, did. Shit. Oh, yeah, you're crazy, Alex. We you're talked about them like about something else. I don't remember what though. It was probably another 70. It was probably like Mark Boland's uh I was dancing when I was 12. That's my guess. Oh, yeah. Haven't we we talked about that that song? song. We did do that song. I've only gotten coming up for Sweet Jane, so I don't know, Alex. I don't know what to tell you. I'll tell you this, though. This version also kind of straightforward plays it close to the original. Yeah. I mean, I might compare it to the Postmarks version. Uh, But, like, less cute. For being less cute. Um, I mean, that might be a fair lens to view it through, because I think her vocals are a plus. A very similar thing. No, that's true. Her vocals are are stronger than those ones, Um, I think. I agree. What were you going to say? What's the thing they do? I don't remember. Alex? You don't remember? I don't remember. Um, It's, yeah, there's a bit of, like, piano in here. uh, Similar bass to the original. It's it's a very chill version. They do kind of like yeah, like alt country is kind of like country to smoke weed to in some senses. It's laid back. <laughs> it's a little spacier. It's uh, I wasn't yes. blown away here, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean it's uh like the arrangements kind of same. They don't have a piano in it. Sort of it's it's more guitar focused and it's kind of two guitars they do some weaving which i think is kind of cool they're both a little overdriven they got an echo so i mean they have a yeah. sound and and this moves it into that sound and i think it's it's decent sound you know um there's other like they have strings very briefly like well about a minute i think has strings but like they yeah, really fade like into the background and after that either they lose them entirely or they just aren't there or I mean, yeah. or they're they're either covered up or not there is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the mixing is a little strange, maybe. Um, it's what they do do on the outro is a little distortion on the instruments. Like they do a good instrumental 
like cacophony here with some some harp bits, some shakers, like some tambourines or something, some distorted guitar. And she's doing a sort of like a she's not belting like Bowie. She's doing a little more of like a tortured, like wilting version of the, the vocal performance. Tortured wilting. So we got uh five years. Like she's like she can't work up the energy yeah, kind of thing, you know? Five years. Which is, you know, much more in her style. I, I don't think she does a lot of belting. Like I've only heard a couple of their songs, I'll admit. Listen, you're not a cowboys junkies junkie. I'm not you're a just, cowboy junkie. You're junkie. you're casual. Yeah. But yeah, I, just I think shoot that's up a with take, cowboy though, right? junkies occasionally. Yeah, I think her take on that, while still it doesn't touch the original, at least shows an understanding of what the ending of the outro, or the, the yeah, what the outro's yeah. for, and doing an approach on that that isn't just look at me, I can sing. And they do some musical cacophony for that as well. You know, they bring in a harp, which yes, actually I did kind this. of sounds like someone's fucking around with an omnicord. That could <laughs> just be, how could fast be it's going i don't think it is an omnicord i feel like it's a, a broader range than you get from that um mm. unless it's a type i haven't used which is most of them um that can do more but uh yeah kind of has that sound for a bit yeah absolutely so yeah you got the you got the omnicord that's not an omnicord it's a harp you got the distorted guitars yeah you got the little shakers you got some sad singing it's not a bad outro. It's one of the better ones I think we've heard in terms of mm-hmm. actually trying something. It's quite nice. Um, but not, not uh, the same type of desperation, for sure. Um, what I thought was kind of funny about this, I mean, we've talked mm-hmm. about them a bit, and they slow stuff down a lot. Not yeah. this one. It's already very slow. Yeah, it's so good quite luck. slow. Good luck. Anyway. Yeah, that's um, all I got. We, I consider ourselves quite lucky to talk about a, a British band coming up next. Kind of famous British rock band, big in the 80s, with a drummer called Roger Taylor. <laughs> Baby, you guessed it. We're talking Duran Duran in I mean, I always, this has happened a couple times where I've pulled up the Duran Duran Wikipedia page. I'm like, fuck, Roger Taylor's in Duran Duran? I know. I was like, you're (laughs) fucking kidding me. (laughs) It's like, nope, just another guy with the same name who also plays drums. Yeah. That's, yeah, he's all right. He's an okay drummer. Yeah. The drummer from Duran Duran, who, according to their Wikipedia page, reached Beatles-esque levels of fame in the 80s. Hmm. As in, he was as famous as the Beatles were in the 80s, like... In the 80s, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not as famous the as the, the Beatles 80s. in their heyday, but, like, in and the 80s. And Duran Duran in the 80s were about the same level. No, uh, yeah. that's what it says. Um, somewhere. I, don't, I can't find it anymore. Uh, but, yeah, well, Duran Duran. You know something. Duran Duran. They do Hungry Like the Wolf. They do Rio. Yeah, they do Rio. They do... Rio. They do... Of you to a kill. Okay, yeah, 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 from uh, from uh, James Bond. From James Bond. Um, they probably do other things. I'm not going to tell you they don't. I'm they shocked do to see that Hungry Like the Wolf is the third song for their top tracks on Yeah, uh, I don't title. know Come Undone or Ordinary World. Nor do Maybe, I. I mean, sometimes things are hits in like the UK or whatever. And they're, you know, they're a UK band, so. Yes. Do they have an they album get, from this year? They do. It's similar to the album this is from, in which it is a lot of covers and reworkings of... Uh, like some of their own songs. So you see, I they've see. got a cover of Psycho Killer coming on this new one. They've got Painted Black. They've got. Uh, I see. Bury a Friend. 
Burry Friend. Um, I think Dance Macabre is their own, but it is like a reinterpretation of it. Interesting. So they're kind of, they're doing the, like the halfway. They're like, we can't, we're not doing originals really anymore, right. but we'll rework some old stuff and we will do some covers. That's what they're doing here. Um, some weird choices on this. Uh, some Tell good synth it. on this, I think. So the weird yeah, choices. Yeah, pretty good in. synth, eh? Yeah, I like some of the big, like, delayed synth. I think coming in with, like, some, like, Duran Duran likes synths. They're a synth kind of heavy band. Yeah, they were associated with the new romantics in the 80s, which was synths and makeup, basically. Right. Um, maybe guitars for two. I don't know. But yeah, there's maybe. a lot of synth going on. This is a lot, like, heavier on the drums, like, electronic sounding beat. Um, yeah. But a real, like a real electronic drum kit. It's the actual. It's Roger Taylor yeah. playing an it electronic. It sounds more electronic like to me. Kit. It might just be the way it's mixed. I don't know. It's no. It has it's a very heavy like. Yeah, this is a robot. Yeah. If you watch the um, music video of them all pretending to be in a studio <laughs> space together, he's sitting at like a yeah. Drum it's kit. very like green screened and just like we're in some universe thing. Yeah, and there's like like wavy outlines around people. They have some like hired uh, like string sections. There's, and backup vocals. They've got vocals. some stuff going on here. Some so, backup. Yeah, vocals. there's like waves, and I didn't notice this, but they've got like vaguely people shaped forms. So yeah, it's so not many people, clear at just first. Like outlines. Yeah, later in the music video, I found it more clear that it was like an energy aura of a person because it like outlines them. Yeah. But that's the music video. Um, what we get on this, we get those drums in right away. We get these big synth, this big kind of like high. I imagine Discord is cutting me off. When yeah, I'm Discord cuts you off. I was like, shit, did high. we lose connection again? I we're keep back on, on Discord now. We're back on Discord. For I forgot reasons. that this was one of Clean Feed's many benefits is that I can make chipmunk <laughs> noises and you'll hear me. Yeah, just like how I can whistle and you'll hear me, but not anymore. But not anymore. No, we're back on the Discord. Um, but yeah, these high synth kind of like they waver in, get thick, and then fade out. And then, you know, doing filling the role of those chord strums from the original. But yeah, there's just so many synths going on. Oh, yeah, it just gets more and you more. Know, as one's we go. doing like these skippy things, it's skipping around. There's like some string ones. I think there's also just strings. I'm pretty sure they're in the music yeah, video. They are. You, um, you see the hired strings. Yeah, um, yeah, you mentioned them already. Some of the piano on this is a bit of a riff on like Aladdin Sane, it feels like. Yes, particularly right at the end. I noticed that. Um, like yeah, four I, minutes onwards is, is where I noticed it in particular, but maybe a bit before that too. 39 um, seconds, you get a bum, 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 dun, dun, dun. Oh, early which, on, eh? Yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because there's not much. There's some piano at the beginning and like mm-hmm. the end, but in the middle, there's like no piano. Yeah. But I think that's because the guy is playing synths instead. Like it's the same guy. Yeah, I think they're focusing on that spacey uh, aspect. You know, the vocals are like auto tuned. Like they're, they're you get that pitch correction sound. Um. So or or at least just really like sand it off and and yeah it's there they've been polished a bit here so I think yeah. the synths play better to that vocal performance than perhaps a a classic piano yeah because everything is moving to that synthetic realm yeah um weird choice though musically nobody else has had a problem saying black queer yeah or any of that he does this weird thing where he's like. Uh, I think if, if if the black guy hadn't pulled yeah. her off, <laughs> yeah, he specifically says a black guy hadn't have 
Uh, which is fun to get the contraction hadn't of in there. I don't always get that in songs. Yeah, that is that's a, a great one to have in there. But it reminds me of, I don't remember what comedian does this, but he does a bit about like how it's the emphasis white people put in a sentence when they say like somebody's race that makes it so offensive. He's like, <laughs> you hear like any other person, like you hear a person of color talk about it and they're like, yeah, this white motherfucker and motherfucker will be oh, the emphasis. Is that Bill Burr? That might be Bill Burr. Because I think I've seen that one as well. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, but with <laughs> the white people, it's like this black motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I can't help but, but think of that when I hear black guy, I'm like, oh, he's. <laughs> yeah. Does sound a bit racist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know I've seen that. I, I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, no, you're right. It is Bill Burr. Okay. That is 100 percent a Bill Burr uh, bit. Um, so that's a bit weird. I think you could. I think you can just say the black. I know it's not like the most, yeah, like, correct way to say like that. Like I said, I, like it's not. It's it's awkward and old fashioned, but in the song, kind of is old. So is old, and yeah, and like doing the fix on it that isn't much of a fix makes it worse. In yeah, my it's like you tried and just didn't do a great job. Yeah. Yeah, and then the next weird one is instead of queer, which I again I think you, I didn't I even notice he changed this. Uh, so he says, "Wow, the queen threw up." He says, "The queen." Yeah, which I assume he means like a drag queen, or does he mean <laughs> Queen oh, <maybe>. Elizabeth? <laughs> it's a weird line, though. It's a weird change. It is weird, and it's it's all I can focus on with this version, besides the things we've talked about already. Um, but yeah, they try to be That's big on this one. They're Duran Duran in 2021. They're trying to show people they can still hit the synth notes. <laughs> and they can. Yeah, it has a real like soaring quality to it. Um, For sure, yeah. Almost like a, a preacher kind of feeling. Yes. Um, you, that you get. I mean, between the synths and the piano and the strings. and just, oof, It's big. Yeah, big. Especially you get to the fucking outro and it's just like swells on the synth. Big sustains. He says, yeah, his big like vocal moment is I want you to walk, and which carries us into the outro and he holds walk for like right, yeah, 10 for, like, seconds. Right, yeah, for like a while. It's a big one, yeah. It's a big one. Um, Those are um, kind of your, your big moments on this. Like we said, fat synths, auto-tuny. Weird lyric choices. Any other, but any also other like soaring Alex? and and yeah, and very big. Um, I mean, the video. We already kind of mentioned the video. It's basically the band performing in like ethereal space. Um, seems like they maybe weren't all together when it was filmed, uh, but they were pasted together onto this. It's basically it's okay. So it's two kinds of music videos put together, right? Sure. It is yeah. the we're a band playing towards the camera music video yes. and also just a visualizer that like <laughs> for that sure they've replaced the background with um with some like with weird s- moments where they're like there's a long uh, yeah i want you to walk and they're like what if we got some footage of some people walking in place <laughs> and, <laughs> and, so it's and them, they like, certainly do and they do that and you're like okay <laughs> why are we doing that but yeah it's like what if we put the band over to visualizer just to fucking two for one like <laughs> It's a sale on music videos. Yeah, and like there's some stuff in there, like like those those weird wavy outlines uh become like human auras more or less. Um Yeah. Like Once I thought it was a woman's hair and then it was not, and I was like, okay, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh but other than that, like there's not a ton other than that. It just kinda has that look like there's a bunch of lines everywhere. 
And it's yeah, you get to see how the, like the boys are looking in space. the year 2021. They're still doing some of that new romantics. The keyboardist in particular, he's got yeah, his eye makeup on. He's got a lot of eye makeup on. Um, yeah. um, and that's that video. That's that video. Uh, I look forward to us talking about their cover of Psycho Killer and probably 2024 when we get around. Actually, we might do... That could be a good October song. Not to mm. foreshadow our production schedule, but... Let's hope they actually put that out because... What I was looking at, it wasn't. It's yet. yeah, it's not released yet. They do it weird on title, especially. Yeah. It's like it's just like show grayed you the singles out, that are available, album. and then the rest is grayed out. It's interesting. Yeah. Um. What else is interesting is making a reggae cover of this song, which is done by Easy Star All Stars and Steel Pulse in 2023. Yeah. Pulse, which I, I don't know how much of this is Easy Star All Stars because they seem to like they're called a reggae collective, right? Yes, and I assume part so of that is production. Is a, so I don't know if like yeah. they mostly organized and produced this or if they actually had like a band playing. But there's also this Steel Pulse group, which is themselves, yes. they're a reggae group band whatever. yeah roots reggae band from birmingham england yeah um, formed so at a like, boys school and went from there and they're one of those weird ones where it started in 1975 and they're still going so they have like a hundred past members <laughs> and right so this was um 2023 so it's yeah uh, this is yeah this is fresh hot off the press and looking at it yeah i think this is like a looking at the album ziggy star dub yep i mean they have that easy star all stars does that they have dub side of the moon they have Radio they Dread. Have, yeah, they have Dubber side of the moon, too, I believe. <laughs> Dubber? Well, yeah, as in more dub. <laughs> more dub? Um, yeah, so I don't know what the setup is exactly, but that's who they are. That's who they are. And yeah, so if you look at this album, Easy Star All-Stars, Steel Pulse for the first one. The next one has a different band. So yeah, I think they are that production role. Um, yeah, and this is yeah, it's just what you're getting. Although they do do some. Oh, okay, yeah. So kind of your instrumental tracks is maybe what they're doing because there's five years dub, be. Moon Age Daydream yeah, dub, and like Lady Stardust dub is which is all credited them to them and Macy Gray. And it's like well, Macy, Macy Gray, Gray is not doing all the instrumentals. I think she's just yeah. So. so yeah, they're like a set team of dudes who are or the, you know people who are rocking a certain reggae, and then they they rotate in other people in the scene as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the drums were lasers? That's my question. What if Alex. the drums were lasers, which they kind of were on the the Duran Duran one a bit too, because of the electronic sound. Yeah, you got a bit of laser pitch in there. there but in this one, you get that very specific, like pew. Yeah, this one's kind of got that synthy thing because it's like pew pew. So I don't know if yeah, there's yeah. drums and lasers, or if there's lasers that are drums or whatever. But right. they got that like synthy sound, and I think that's cool. Like we've been talking about, you know, we talk about reggae songs reasonably often. Yeah, uh, reggae versions usually. Sure. Um, yeah. This one, to me, is the first one in a while that kind of sounds like different. Like it's still reggae, but it's not that like uh, we just turned it into reggae. Yeah, it's not just like hit a skank. We're just playing a guitar. We yeah. got like and some hand drums or something. Maybe like one other thing that's going to tell you it's reggae. This is yeah, like very modern. It's twenty twenty three. They're working with synths. They're doing a lot of to make this like kind of spaced out. The echoes and stuff are very like ooh. It feels yeah. a little like they're pulling from the space theme of Ziggy Stardust. 
Yeah, definitely. Like it, it feels more like what you'd get from a modern throwback to nineteen. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Nineteen seventy-two. Um, yeah, um, uh, science fiction. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's it's really cool sound. You know, like it has the skank in there for sure, and you know, mm-hmm. it has some organ, and there's like that a synth that kind of plays with, but like it's not the focus. Like it's there, and you still have that like more laid back reggae rhythm but because Mm -hmm. partially because the original song is so slow um it's not slowing anything down really and there's bits right they sort of speed up um it's like particularly we get to the like telephones opera house favorite melody like yeah he says it fairly quickly it kind of gets like a triplet rhythm opera house favorite melody yeah 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 or like it's at least rapid delivery it's not necessarily faster but like the rhythm he gives it is interesting yeah it's interesting they get he's got a little harmony on there so they do they make interesting vocal choices which i liked Mm -hmm. it hits that sort of same vibe of like with with sue george i'm like yeah i don't know what he's saying and that makes it (laughs) compelling musically this one is almost that because it's like well it's just such a different vocal tone and they're doing tricks that I'm not used to. That even though I don't think we hit like despair and tragedy in this, we hit something cool. Yeah, and like part of that, like it still ends up imbuing it with some of that like ennui. I think mm-hmm. um, not that you get that from all reggae, but reggae does have that more laid back feel. You know, in yeah, in you can't fight that laid back feeling. Um, so then when you put it in something like this, it it ends up uh, giving it a little bit more of that dread. Yeah, absolutely, hit dread. Alex, come on, uh, come on, <laughs> Alex, come on. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we get some like there's strings on this or there like synth strings, strings so you get some of that verse. faithfulness to the original as well. Um, I like the delivery on smiling and waving, smiling and waving. But yeah, there's uh the next kind of yeah. like big different moment is probably the outro where he plays with the, yeah. the five years repetition. Yeah, he says five long years. Five long years. Which is the song we almost years. did this week. Uh, that's right. But, but it turns out enough. that's a Canadian classic and yeah. nobody knows it. And nobody knows it, apparently. <laughs> or at least nobody covers it. Uh, yeah. But not the song Five Long Years. That is like an old blues song. That's that right. That does yeah. have a ton of covers. Um, five Long Years by Colin James. Colin James, people. Anyway. Um, with Nothing the sax solo, topic. folks. Come on. Sax solo. There's saxophone in this, too. Saxophone and trumpet. Uh, That's right. Coming in later in the outro. Um, yeah. And yeah, lots of that. Five long years. That's all we got. Yeah, pretty cool arrangement. I, I, I quite like this one. Yeah, I dug the arrangement. And it's got a fun music video to go with. It does it. have a fun music video. We got a little stop motion project. So it mostly follows a, a Southern Pacific train as it goes through these little like model towns and stuff. Yeah, and it's just eventually causes a fire. <laughs> yeah, it's just rolling through this town. There's a bunch of like tiny people and cars and stuff, and and then you know it shows that it's in a room because like you see there's toys and yeah. dolls and stuff everywhere. You know what I said? Stop motion. I guess it's not stop motion. Yeah, it's literal motion, it's like, but just with models. It's like a model train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a bit where he talks about the news guy. Uh, shows it on the TV, and there's just yeah, a ticker that says Earth was really dying. Uh, and like has the yeah on the like (laughs) news scroll at the bottom there which i thought was kind of funny that's Um, funny yeah it's a it's like passing by this new live news television which is cool 
the other thing you'll see with the lyrics being brought in there is graffiti on the oh the, yeah uh, like buildings and things that'll say like so many mothers sighing or uh what's there's one where they switch them to dem um she would have killed them which is a very that's a very jamaican way to do that yeah think she would have killed him easy star all-stars ad too yeah, uh, yeah. on the building um there's some other weird stuff because like as it goes through the it starts to show like the scenes that it describes but also like there's this archery firing squad yeah yeah which is holding not people up lyrics, against the wall sure. um and then and then it shows like the the priest's or the cop kissing cop the kissing the feet of a priest feet, foot um doesn't show anyone throwing up or anything uh but it shows like the like a milkshake joint chocolate shop kind of yeah type place uh that shows corn dogs burgers sundays and root beer and maybe more things i don't know yeah who, um, who can say for sure yeah and you then get rain of, yeah it starts to like become nighttime and then there's this weird like very different shot where it starts to rain and it's like a front shot of the train and it flips around and it's like a shot from the front of the train that's moving with the train right into a tunnel and like then everything starts to like totally fall apart you mentioned the fire it knocks over a candle yeah um pretty shortly and then like this tablecloth or fabric thing gets set on fire yeah, and like the whole town starts to burn down yeah and so we get shots of this model town with smoke with fire and then eventually, like the even the train gets fucking derailed. It, yeah, like, everything gets totally covered in ash. Yeah, and, like the pl- the train just gets knocked off. Yeah, hits a bus and derails. Yeah, and then we see like a kind of uplifting conclusion. Of course, uh, you know, yeah. Mother Nature is returning. We are the virus. The plants start growing. Yeah, little shoots start to sprout up from the dirt and ash and sand and whatever. Yeah, and grow into grass and and plants and. All of that. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, we didn't talk about this, but it actually starts, the very first shot is like a beach out over the water. That's and right, and that's where it ends shot. as well. Yeah. Uh, but now the, the train track is covered in sand. That's right, baby. So. And so. It's apocalyptic. Yeah. It's apocalyptic, <laughs> showing, baby. Showing this like apocalyptic event, everyone dies out, but then the world lives on. And this episode's about to get apocalyptic as we're entering our final verdicts. We got three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and the version you would play if you happen to be in the radio station on the day they announced that we only had five days left. And oops, you just broke the, the only copy of David Bowie's five years. So you have to Shit. grab a cover real quick. We only um, have these Alex. six other covers of David Bowie's five years. Yeah. You went to the five years cabinet and you're like, hey, who took out David Bowie? And they're like, you got to play something, man. <laughs> Alex, what's the worst version of this? What's the worst version of this? I probably probably the postmarks for me. Didn't hate it, but uh, didn't do much for me. I didn't re- didn't like the voice. Yeah, it's just too cute, wasn't it? Yeah, but you know, I know it's a an, an aesthetic that just I happen to not care for. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it was also just kind of boring, right? It's. Like, vocally, I think everybody else is a little more... Like, maybe Duran Duran's not as interesting. But, yeah. They had those synths. Those synths, my God. Yeah, so the postmarks, I agree. I think that's the worst version. But what's the best version, Alex? 
I think my favorite, now I really like that Sue George version, but I think my favorite was actually Easy Star All Stars. I just like liked that reggae cover, you know? Maybe yeah. it's just because I've been, uh, so many of the recent reggae covers have been like fairly samey. The ones that mm. I'm th- remembering anyway. Um, but this one feels like it did something a little different and I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was the one that, like, even though it 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 doesn't touch the the the, the grace, the no, goodness no, of the original, of it like it had it kept me in for the whole ride. I was like, all right, this is pretty fucking cool. Like you yeah. said, like the the skanks kind of tucked in, like it's not the focal point of it. Like it yeah. can be in a very plain reggae cover. We got cool vocal tricks going on. Um, yeah, they do a couple of their own little variations in the outro. Yeah, it was good. I like that one. But Alex, the world's come to an end. You got five years. You're you're there. You're uh you're at CJ ninety two. That's CJ ninety two. Yeah. Are they still around? <laughs> they are. Yeah. Okay. And you through through a series of events, we don't know at what point in your life this is, but you found yourself as a radio DJ there that fateful day when the news drops. You got five years left. Five years left. What vinyl are you throwing on? That's right. Which one am I throwing on? Here's the thing. You know, we've got five years left, but we're not going to stop being a radio station. We need that grant money. You know, I got to play Cowboy Junkies. I got to play the Canadian content. (laughs) Got to get that Canadian content. We got to keep that shit up. We got to have the right percentage. I don't know what the percentage is, but, but you know. Yeah, I don't know what it is anymore. It used to be very aggressive. It was like 70%. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be tougher and tougher to keep a radio station going on with the world ending. So that's, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. Solid choice, Alex. Solid reasoning. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it at a different angle. I'm just gonna chuck Duran Duran on there and hope people don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's a popular band. Maybe they'll believe that you know yeah. uh, Duran Duran like, actually I did th- the original. I think I've heard this song before. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Duran Duran. Yeah, yeah. Right? From the '80s. Is that is that Roger Taylor's band? Yeah, yeah. Roger Taylor's band. Yeah. Yo, that dude was as big as the Beatles in the 80s. That's what they'll uh, say. That does it. That's our final verdicts. If you've got a similar opinion, different opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. We're still calling it that here. Hashtag cover me pod at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise Guys. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email those to us at covermepod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. We haven't received an email in a while. Send us a little email, why don't you? Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcast, Podbean, uh, Podcast Addict is the app I use. We're on that too. We're on some other ones. They're like, we got silly names. We did this. We had a bit for a while. You want to do a little looking back. I used to make up a a fake podcast network every week. Every week. I didn't even notice for like a month. Probably, yeah. I'd be like, and Scrooby. And you'd be like, fuck, I got to check out Scrooby. Like, (laughs) see what's going on that podcast app. Scrooby Dooby? Does it have multiple Uh, uh, podcast cues? I hope so. Love it. Love Scrooby. It's one of my favorites. Check us out there. Um, Tell your friends, family, neighbors, loved ones about us. You are the marketing team. You're out there. Hit the mean streets. What you can do for us. It's back to school, baby. Um, If you're you're a parent, you know, uh, just tuck in instead of a lunch for your child. Just tuck in a a podcast (laughs) with our podcast. Rip it onto you. Got a discman or something kicking around. Just put that there and, you know, a CD 
some headphones and be like, here, this will really feed your soul, kid. And then that that's how we get it around. Yeah, that sounds work, responsible. I think. <laughs> sounds good? Great. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, my brain hurt like a warehouse. It had no room to spare. I had to cram so many things to store Cover Me in there. <laughs>